This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is up, Lead Singer Syndrome listeners? My name is Shane. I run this shit, Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, a podcast where I bring other singers onto the show to talk about what it's like to be a lead singer. Now, listen, one thing about this show is that we always keep it real. Well, I always keep it real. This is my show. I do the intro. I do the interviews. I edit it. I do the graphics. I do it. I handle it. And I got a busy lifestyle, <laughs> and sometimes it's not easy for me to, you know, take care of it. And right now it's Sunday night. I'm in Hanover, Germany. I drank a bottle of wine, then I drank another half a bottle of wine, and I had a few beers and some shots. And so I, uh, I'm drunk. Hey, whatever. It's real. This is real. The show is real. Everyone I talk to, it's a real interview. There's no bullshit. And. Uh, Today I talked to my friend Craig Owens of Chiodos, great dude, one of my favorite people, a guy I respect tremendously. He is an amazing singer. He has so much singing ability. Um, I know he's had some struggle with drugs and alcohol. We don't get into that in this podcast. We talk about what he's doing now with his new project, Bad Channels. Uh, we talk about his old band, Drugs, the super group, which is a super interesting thing. And of course, we talk about Chiodos. Uh, and it's a great, great talk. One of my favorite podcasts I've done. Um, anyways, as always, um, if you want to get in touch with me, I love to hear from you, uh, whether it's a Snapchat message, Twitter, whatever they're called, notification, um, I guess there are mentions on there too, Instagram, hit me up on whatever, follow us on all of those. Facebook is going to be a bigger thing, so make sure you add us on Facebook. Um, also, I got to tell you guys about the all access club, which is really, really cool. And it's going to start up in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to say we're going to start. That's going to be a thing. There's going to be subscriptions that you can, you can add. And for just a few dollars a month, we're going to have that for you guys. And it's really exciting. We're going to be having additional bonus content podcasts. We're going to be having live chats with me where I'm going to be hanging out on Facebook and, and talking to you guys. Um, if you guys want to know the upcoming guests, that's, a, that's available. 
as well as like a whole bunch of lead singer syndrome merchandise and, and all that fun stuff, free items, stuff mailed to your house. It's going to be cool because I know a lot of you people have been listening to this show for a year and this is the first episode after a whole year. So thank you for a year of support. And finally, I'm giving you guys a chance to not just have one episode a week. If you guys want more stuff, more content, more love, more communication, whatever it is, you want to be a part of this show, we're going to give you that opportunity. So keep your ear to the ground because the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club is coming at you real soon. Coming in hot. For now, if you want to support the show, we got Christmas coming up. We have the Amazon affiliate link. So if you buy anything on Amazon, please just use this link. It's leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Takes you right to the Amazon homepage. And whatever you buy, we get 4 to 6%. So again, you just go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Log in as usual, and you're right there. Good to go. And it will really, really help us out. All right, that's the end of my intro. I'm sorry for my drunkenness. As always, this show is about real life. This show is not fake. This is not This is not rock star shit. This is there's like I try to avoid publicists at all costs. I try to come to singers directly, text them directly, get them on the show directly because that is what this is about. Real talk, taking backstage conversations that I've had for 15 years and bringing them to you guys. And this one is one of my favorites. So here it is. My conversation with my great friend, Mr. Craig Owens. Yeah, what's up, man? Hey, Craig, how are you? I'm doing well. Dude, it's doing? been a long time, man. I know, it's been way too long, right? It's like, crazy. Like years, I think. Has it has it gotten that far? I know like <laughs> one, but like like the S too? Like years? I mean, I'm trying to remember the last time. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, it was in Kitchener. When oh, I yeah. Absolutely, it was. At Koi Fest. That's absolutely the I last time. I think that might have been the last time. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been a while. I, it's I been think a that long, makes sense. Long time. And you're my buddy, you know? You're my dude. So uh, it's great to talk to you. Dude, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You good? I'm great, man. Same with me, same old, you know? Um, things in my I life, they just. You're touring a bunch. Yeah, we, we, uh, we are. We had a crazy year. Uh, and last year, too. We kind of went. This album cycle just kind of has just been like, okay, let's do another tour, let's do another tour, and there's been like no breaks. Um, but I, you know, hey, I still love it, man. So that's awesome. But hey, you know, I talk about my life; it's been so damn simple and consistent. Uh, you know, I've been in one band uh, <laughs> like my entire adult life, and that's it. With you, man, it has been a roller coaster to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, it, like, yeah, for sure. It's not like I like signed up and like waited until I was tall enough to go on this ride. It's crazy, you know. <laughs> like, I can't believe. Like, it's not like any of it was planned, you know. Like, sure. All I really wanted to do was like sing. All I really wanted to do is like make music, um, and then you know, different life circumstances 
kind of came in front of me. And then, you know, I've just done what I've had to do out of both passion, survival, and necessity, I guess. You know, like it wasn't ever like a conscious, like, you know, like this is, I'm going to, man, one day I'm going to be in like 73 projects. (laughs) No, I mean, you you have to make a decision at the time what's best, you know, at that moment and your future and everything. And I'm sure, I mean, you look back at all these decisions you had to make and I'm sure some of them you look back and go, you know what? That was smart. And I'm sure a lot of them you go back and go, "Mm, maybe I shouldn't have made that decision. Yeah, for sure. On both sides. I mean, that's life, right? Right. Uh, right. That's, that's growing and all that stuff. So yeah, I've had to, you know, I kind of had to grow fast. Um, I had a lot of really kind of heavy decisions. I had to go through, you know, some, some kind of experiences to get where I am today. Um, you know, to say the least. And yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I'm super stoked about life and just, uh, kind of like, you know, where I am, who I am. Um, you know, I've got a great family. I've got great friends. Um, I'm doing what I love. You know, I'm a workaholic, so I'm always in the studio producing, making music, doing that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with where I've landed and I feel like all those things combined onto it. Um, sorry, I think that's Ron from victory. Do you know Ron? Ron from victory? No. Yeah. Do you know, do you know Ron Platzer? I don't think I do. No. I mean, I know Vic, I know victory obviously. Yeah. 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 Do you guys, do you guys have like a falling out with them? With victory records? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I mean, you on blast. We, we didn't resign. <laughs> like, no, we didn't resign blast. with them. You know, we did four records and, and we had some problems, but at the same time, like, I think we're still cool. Like, yeah. Tony came out to our show Maybe last year for our 10 year anniversary and stuff. So we're still cool. That's awesome. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm taking uh, that band Colors out um, oh, nice. uh, on this tour and he's just been really supportive and just calling, just, you know, well wishing. He's nice. a good guy. That's so cool. that's sorry great. about yeah. that. Anyways. Yeah, I mean that's I feel like that's why you know I I I'm able to enjoy my life right now. Right. You know, is because I've been through all that stuff. But yeah, it's definitely sure. put some like some rings on my I don't know, like like a tree, like you're an old tree with a lot of rings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like that analogy. <laughs> well, let let's talk about before we dive into the past. Let's talk about what's going on right now with Craig Owens. Uh where the hell you been, man? Yeah, right. You know, like, um, I know you've been working, you say you're a workaholic, I know you've been producing, but just from like, you know, fr- from, hey, my buddy Craig from Chiodos, like, I feel like you've just been kind of, uh, you know, in the background a little bit the last couple of years. Yeah, I pretty much just hid, like, the past couple of years, to be honest, like, like, I mean, towards kind of, uh, you know, that even like towards the end of like Chiodos, you know, I was kind of hiding. That was like a year and a half ago. So yeah, Yeah. uh, hiding a little bit. Um, Sometimes, you know, you have to go away um, and kind of spend some time with yourself to figure some things out and kind of push reset. Sure. Um, You know, I I was living in Malibu for past like three years. Um, So I spent a lot of time there and then I decided to pack up my things um, and drive the country back to Detroit. Um, and I've lived downtown Detroit for like the last, um, I guess since like last December. So coming back home, um, you know, and it's, I've just been, you know, working really, really hard, um, studio, uh, you know, six, seven days a week. Um, 
Yeah, just working until I like my brain just doesn't work anymore and my eyes close <laughs> and I have to like fall asleep and then like it's like it wakes up with like the first thought that pops in my head and I just go, you know. Right. Um and it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of where I've been. That's what I've been doing um you know, towards the end of my time in Malibu. I spent a lot of time with my uh my friend Eric Ron. Do you know Eric? Uh yeah, I do know Eric. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a great producer and um so we just spent some time together and we said, uh, you know, let's make some music. And I, and I spent a lot of time with that. Um, I mean, I listen to all kinds of music anyways. Sure. I'm a pretty eclectic guy. Um, you know, I think most musicians do. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, we decided to kind of try our hand at, um, kind of like a, a Frank Ocean vibe, you know, something I kind of had thought in the back of my mind had always been, a big fan of like, you know, like Bjork and Imogen Heap and, and James Blake and that kind of stuff, Absolutely. just the atmospheric stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wanted to mix it with like some lo-fi vibes of like, you know, the weekend or in the neighborhood specifically. Um, and, and kind of do our own thing with it. And Eric was like stoked to do it too. Um, so we sat down and then the first song we made together, um, was complicated. The one with Tyler Carter, Carter on the record. So, right. you know, like, yeah, we, we, we hit it on the head and we were just like, all right, let's go. So we just kept making music and hanging out and arguing Michigan versus Ohio sports pretty much. Oh, <laughs> man, Michigan. I can't believe Saturday's game, man. I know. I'm so bummed. Like the, the one game. Okay. We're going to talk about Michigan football for a little while. And I, I've been constantly, <laughs> I've been consistently calling Ohio the worst state. Um, so nice, on the podcast. thank you. <laughs> you know what, though, Craig? <laughs> I, I, I know we're both big Michigan fans. I actually went to an Ohio State game this year. Really? Like, uh, is it what? Are they, what is their place called? The Shoe? Is that it? Uh, is that right? Maybe I made that. I up. should know that. I, I was just there. Um, I love all the people you, right now play? screaming at the radio. People, Ohio State fans screaming. Right? The name. I know. <laughs> you know what? We don't know. It's not the big house. We don't care. Exactly. I, I actually I went to Ohio State game because one of my best friends lives in Columbus, uh, so he's like, "Come down." There was a hockey game I went to too. Um, it was Canada versus USA for the World Cup. So it was funny, man, because I'm like, "Well, I can't wear Ohio State cut like colors or like anything," so I just dressed like all in black, <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only person in the stadium not wearing Ohio State stuff. It, like a hundred thousand people, and there was not a single other person the whole day I saw. Wow, that's crazy. Was it just red? Just it was like just bright red and white. Everyone just wearing actual Ohio State stuff. Every single person. I didn't see a single one. There was like an old guy I saw. I was like, oh, there's an old guy. He's not. He's not wearing anything. And I was like, he's got an Ohio State lapel pin. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, who did they play? Uh, they played Tulsa, which was random. Oh, I was wondering why Tulsa didn't have any fans down there, but now I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's always just <laughs> funny, like man, with Michigan. Like, isn't it just classic Michigan for them to have a great season, win yeah, all the games they're supposed to, and then some they're not, and then lose, like, lose, lose a game like that? Come on. You know, and the anticipation of it, knowing that they're going to crumble at some point, right. I think made their winning the, the first eight games yeah. really difficult for me to enjoy. Because it was like this impending doom that I knew was on its way, and it was just a matter of time. But to to lose that, and then to I think Spate has a collarbone broken, right? They say that this right. morning. I didn't, so, hear, I didn't hear that. No. Yeah. So I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen now. So 
yeah, we'll see. Damn. Uh, anyway, sorry. What's uh, I love the tangents, but but the non sports fans are rolling their <laughs> eyes. So let's get back to music. Um, so you're talking about you're talking about bad channels, right? Yeah, yeah. So so this is the new project, and you're working with Eric. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me how that how that came about. Yeah, like I said, we just we just got together and, and decided to to do it. Um, you know, we we wanted to write, write some songs together. Um, you know, like for me. I didn't want to stop singing. Like when I knew that I needed to kind of of rock, you know. I'm sorry, I lost um, it for a second. Uh, but the oh, thing sorry. just cut out. I, I say it. Just say it again. I can edit it. Yeah, yeah, cool. I know you're gonna have to do a lot of editing. Sorry. Uh, no, do you want no, me to call I, you back, like not on Facetime audio, or do you want me to like call you on the oh, phone? Oh no, phone? no, it was it was literally just my fucking shitty Radio Shack cable that fucked up. That's what that was. Okay, cool. I'm not cool. going to edit this. Sure. So there, people can hear hear it cutting out, and they, they can. The struggle <laughs> is real, my friends. Oh, the struggle good. is real. Um, so yeah, for for bad channels, um, you know, I think I think that what it came down to is like I didn't. First of all, I I I'm not like a big fan of playing the guitar and singing. Um, it really frustrates me. I resent the guitar quite a bit, actually, because I'm not as good at it as I should be. Right. Um, and I don't have the time to dig in and like do that. Um, so I knew that the singer-songwriter thing was out for me, by the way. I like River Oaks. Um, oh, thanks, man. And then, you know, so like that, I picture that like maybe at like, like when I'm a little bit older. I don't know. Like I'm that might come up where I have time to kind of work on, you know, the guitar stuff. Um, but, but I knew I wanted to sing still, but I knew that rock music, like, like as much as I like love that last Chiodos record, it, it, it like, it just became pretty hard for me to write. I felt really limited, uh, in the lyrics that I was writing. I felt like everything yeah. had to be like a, like this weird kind of like angsty poem. And it felt really contrived and I felt like I'd written the same thing over and over. And it was just like bouncing from like label to radio guy to label to radio guy. And I just decided to get rid of literally everybody on my team. Um, I'm literally managing tour, managing like everything myself. Right. Um, and just kind of start over, you know, and, with my, you know, kind of inspiration that I've had with this new lo-fi movement, it, it kind of just presented itself well, you know. Um, and I'd always been, you know, a fan of like Purity Ring and just like cool indie stuff like that anyways, you know. So sure. it really wasn't like that too far of a stretch for me. But it's a really, really exciting project for me, Bad Channels, because I feel like I can, I can literally do anything that I want to do. So it's basically just me under like a moniker mixed with like, uh, you know, my production stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, some friends. So I get it. I mean, it's the thing is, is like, it's a big transition, um, musically for, you know, fans of Craig Owens. Because like, like we talked about, you know, right out of the gate, the roller coaster career you've had with all these different projects, you know, most of them have been like, you know, hardcore bands, you know, for lack of a better word. Punk bands, hardcore right. bands, heavy bands, whatever. Um, so you know, I, I mean, let's just call it rock music. I guess that's probably the best the best way to put it. And this is you know different. And a lot of your fans aren't ready for it. A lot of your fans are are, are going to hate it, not because it's bad. They might not even think it's bad, just because it's not what they're used to. 
Yeah, totally. How is that? How is that um, obstacle? I know it's early, and you, maybe you don't know yet. But h- how are you approaching that? Yeah, I mean, I was prepared. I think um, I sat on this long enough to to kind of know what was going to happen. Right. You know, I'd shown it to enough like of my peers that I trusted, um, and a lot of people just in kind of my, my friends and, you know, you can just gauge, gauge the energy, um, when you play songs for people, you know, I had people, um, like really, really support it and love it and be like really inspired by it. I had people like laugh cause they had no idea how to react, like how <laughs> yeah. to like react, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was just like a lot. So I was kind of like prepared. I kind of like, I did the testing on my like friends and my family, right. you know? So, um, <laughs> but you know, it was like, it was a decision I had to make. Like, it was like, do I want to continue to make music and hopefully bring these people along with me? Or do I want to be confined and like not be as happy and kind of, you know, stomp around in this old kind of swamp that I'm, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, it was time for me to, to do something new. And, you know, like the goal was like, I don't know. Like I, I talked to, um, a good friend of mine, Mike Kaminsky, you know, Mike, of course I know Mike. And we were like, okay, maybe like he helped. So he helped me a lot with like kind of developing just out of like the kindness of his heart. Like he would just like email him and he'd help me out. Um, cause he's the best. And, uh, you know, we were talking, we we're like 10, 10%, like if 10% of the people that liked me in the past dig it, then cool. Sure. You know? Um, and it's been more than that, it seems. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I'd like to think that my fans are pretty intelligent, that the stuff that I've done, um, you know, kind of, um, supersedes genres and that it was, you know, it's, um, that they've kind of grown a little bit with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, that's something that I've noticed. I, I think so. You know, I mean, the problem isn't, you know, that. I mean, you say 10% of your fans, I'm sure it'll be a lot more than that. The problem is just, you know, YouTube comments. <laughs> People going on and just one guy man, like, I've been a wants heel. to be funny. I've been a heel in this scene for so long. I know, like, man. <laughs> like the past, like... Like since since drugs happened, I've been a heel in the scene. So like, <laughs> I do not give a shit about YouTube. Right, comments. but but you know so what like, I mean. Like it's just it's yeah, it's like it just takes sure. you know one one bad apple to spoil the bunch or whatever that saying is. Um, you know what I mean. And then you know things are retweeted and whatever. And then it's just ridiculous. But you know what's funny? I want to I want to bring up is is when you talked about playing music for like your friends or your peers or whatever. And for me, like. Usually when we make a new record, I usually like play the record for my parents. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when you listen to it in front of somebody else and you're trying to gauge their reaction, it's almost like listening to it for the first time again. And there's like, yeah, it's like you listen to it through their perspective. You're wondering what they're yeah, thinking. And it's like you're, you're listening to it under a microscope almost. And then like you notice things about it you didn't notice before. You're like, maybe this, maybe this part's kind of weird or maybe this like... Oh, this lyric! I kind of forgot this lyric's like kind of edgy or whatever. <laughs> I love that. That's I guess I, any musicians listening to this, they've got to have got to be able to relate to that. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and that just shows you. 
um, you know, kind of the power of perspective. Yeah. And, and, you know, that ties in even with what you were saying about, you know, negative comments and stuff like that. Like, you know, with, with kind of the heel role that I, I've kind of like lived in a little bit for a little bit, you know, um, not like, first of all, like not in my real life, my, like my real life is awesome and I'm not a heel at all. You know what I mean? Like I have an awesome family and friends. So like outside of real life and like this stuff, um, the, the heel thing, you know, that perspective I think comes along with it too. So I can almost listen to it from people's, per- the, their perspective, the, the YouTube comments. So I right. already like knew the comments and everything. Um, but it's crazy. Power of perspective is crazy. You know, um, I think the coolest thing about Bad Channel so far, at least uh, the reactions, um, have been the support by my peers. Like, people that, like, you know, like, I've really respected and admired for a long time, um, you know, have come out and, and said that they enjoy, you know, the artistry behind this. Yeah. And that, that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Um, you know, like, it's it's just... That's a good feeling. You know what that feeling is like, right? Like that's a great feeling. Of course. I mean, I mean being accepted by fans and 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 everything is great, but it's true when there's other people you respect as musicians and as friends and as people to have their respect, it is it is different. It is next level for sure. Yeah, totally. Um yeah, so um the video uh you're wearing the Bellaclava mask in the video. <laughs> is there any um yeah. Um, well, it must have been hot. It must have been hot as fuck, first of all. It actually, it was, so that was, okay, so I went with a couple of my friends. Um, we got some brunch and we hit up the Ford Paquette plant. I don't know if you've ever hit that up in Detroit. It's pretty cool. It's like the Ford, like the first like Ford plant. And on our walk back, I was with like a graphic or two graphic designers and a photographer, right? Um, so we start walking through like this abandoned building that we see down the street. And I was like, I have to, I absolutely like have to do something here. And then like two days, three days later, we, we shot the video, but cool. no, it, because it was downtown Detroit, it wasn't, um, it was actually a little colder, uh, at the time. Oh yeah. Then you'd probably think, yeah. Sure. I mean, it was a really wide open building, a lot of airflow. Um, but yeah, that video was really, really fun. You know, yeah. with with the aesthetics I'm trying to create, um, it's important to me that, you know, I've always kind of committed to everything and I do everything over the top. And I feel like um, this is, you know, no exception. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to create like an aesthetic um, with, uh, you know, with the mask. Um, it's not like a thing, you know. Not like Mask Intruder or anything. No, 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 no. I mean, or school. Another one is Twenty One Pilots, or oh yeah, yeah. yeah I right. mean, there's there's just so many so many artists, but no, it was it was actually really fun though. Cool. No, that's that's great. And and I I was just wondering, like, because I always read into everything. Um, I was like, I wonder if this 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 mask represents something. Like, is this a defense mechanism? Like, I'm hiding behind you know this music that inevitably people are going to shit talk or something like that. You know, that's kind of like what went through my head. Yeah, I think that there was definitely like, listen, like, you you know, you make these subconscious, like a decision like that subconsciously, right? right. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not like you almost sit down and talk about it um, yep. unless you have like an art director or something. It's usually like a subconscious kind of thing. <laughs> and I have no idea why I wanted to do it that way. And right. then the next couple of days 
when I started looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, cool. So what I, it felt like what I was doing was making it so I could take away, almost like take away the past when people saw it for the first time, like by taking my face away, it felt like I could take away the association um, that they have in their head for what I should be exactly um, sonically, what I should look like. And, and, you know, especially with the rollout, it's like, it's almost this big transition phase, you know, this big transition period. Um, And I think it was to like catch them if after they like, you know, fell from, fell over from shock. Like it was like a soft, you know, almost like a, like a, Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. And then I'm like doing something else with the other hand, you know? Well, well, then all the new, all the new people that, you know, aren't familiar with your old music are going to be like, Oh yeah, this new band is cool. And Oh, he must be wearing a mask cause he's like super ugly. And then you're going to take it off and everyone's going to be like, Oh shit, man, he's a babe. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I don't, I don't know like when I'm going to start like really kind of showing my face in the videos. Like, I don't know if you saw, but there's another video that I just released like on Friday. No, for I a song it, called no. Dotted. Yeah. It's, it's called dotted lines. Um, and I think you'd actually like the lyrics to that song. Cause it's about my time in the music industry. And I think that you cool. would actually, you know, uh, find some, find some little things in there. I think musicians, uh, alike will. Um, and in that, I'm also rocking like kind of these true detective masks. It's like, you know, nice. super grainy, moody, black and white out in Joshua Tree. So, and I shot that like over a year ago. What's that uh, called? Crazy for to check it, it out? Came out. It's called Dotted Lines. Okay, Dotted Lines. Cool. One of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast so much is that I get to bring brand new music, great music, right into your ear holes. And today, I've got something super new and awesome, a brand new band called Best Case. Super, super new. Hailing from Atlanta, Best Case could best be described as blending emo, pop punk, and alternative with a touch of nostalgia, but of course, I'm going to let you decide. Here is a clip from their debut single, Heavy Seas. Could compete with the disease, some moments that you lost and gained were a bit. There it is. Great stuff. And check out the very emotional video for the song on YouTube as well. The whole album is out July 12th. Make sure you follow the band on whatever streaming service you use as well because you do not want to miss it. It's produced by Zach Odom and Kenneth Mount, Mayday Parade and Cartel. And the band also features drummer Ben Cato, known for his work in his previous band, The Dangerous summer we love them around here so go check out best case it's brand new you heard it here first and thank me later head over to bestcase.band for links to everything or simply search for best case wherever you get your music we 
brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yep. Nice, dude. No. Um. Well, it's great. I mean, it's really great to hear you got a new project off the ground. You're passionate about it. And I see you got some tour dates coming up. The record's available. The record is available for pre-order bad channels, badxchannels.com. Is that it? Yep. Badxchannels.com. So there you go. There's a plug. Um, But hey, I want to go back. Oh, I love the... First of all, I I know you put out that like weird um, grindcore thing. What was it called? Beast? Yeah, Beast. Beast with a five for the S. (laughs) I, I really liked it, man. Yo, thank you. I'm like, going to actually, after we get off the phone, I'll send you, uh, we recorded another EP like two months ago. Oh, sick. Um, we just drank a lot of tequila and I just <laughs> sat on the couch screaming my head off. <laughs> Perfect. No, I was like um, pleasantly surprised um, when I found it. I, I, I found it a little like, I don't know, I found it like maybe a month ago or something. I hadn't heard about it. And... Um, what was funny was I read like an article that was just basically, you know, shit talking you being like, oh, Craig Owens has a terrible grindcore project. And I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I want to hear his terrible grindcore project. And then I listened to it and was like, this is actually awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And But it Thank goes back you. to I what got... you were saying about the heel thing, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and well, actually, that's like. That's almost like a cosign in the metal world. Like if they tell you you suck, like in the metal world, that's like a cool thing. That's like <laughs> that's like a you know that's like a rite of passage. Like as long as they're talking about metal people, if they really hate something, I feel like they just don't even talk about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but that was super fun. I uh, when I was living in Malibu, I literally just had my friend Hiram over, and we just recorded a grindcore EP in my bedroom, and then. The, uh, like I said, a few months ago, we recorded another one, um, at his place in Arizona and we, uh, and I don't, I don't know like how I'll release it or something, you know, maybe I'll do like a bad channels presents or something like that. Um, it depends on what Sal wants to do at sharp tone. Um, and yeah, so it, it's a bit more like. Like there, it, like one song stops into like this Frankie Valley doo wop and then goes back in real heavy. Um, <laughs> I kind of get a little more Blood Brothery like yeah. on it, you know, like kind of just out of key, out of you know, just not out of key, but out of key. Do you know what I mean? They would always kind of live in the minors and the accidentals, and it would almost sound completely out. But I totally know yeah. What you mean. So I'm. Yeah, that was super fun. I've always wanted to do something cool. like that. No, I, I, I back yeah, you it. like that kind of stuff, right? Of, uh, I like everything, but yeah, I just wanted to reference. I wanted, to, I wanted you to know I knew about it and I backed it. So, hey, <laughs> um, all right, let's get let's get into it. Uh, we got to talk about Chiodos. I know the other day you said basically Chiodos is done, um, for good, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I mean. I guess now, like, I guess now is the time. I feel like you know me well. The band's done. We can kind of go back and talk about, you know, like look back at the at the history of the band, at the at all the stories that happened, and maybe we can talk about, you know, with fond memories, all the things that happened, and kind of just where your perspective is on that that part of your life, and and you know, 
how many how you feel about the success and, and some of the failure that you had yeah man i'd love to so i mean let's let's take it let's start with how that how it all came up with showed us like i remember back in 05 the first time we met we were on warp tour i don't know if you remember this and you came up to me and you said to me how does it feel to have everybody singing your songs back to you that's what you said to me and, oh yeah yeah that's what you said to me <laughs> and i was like uh it's pretty cool, man. I guess, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and, weirdo. And I was, I was, no, no, no. You were sweet, and I've, I mean, we've been friends ever since. But um, I'm just, th- I'm just like, take me how how it was being a kid from like Flint, Michigan. Um, you know, not a music hotspot, not you know, not at all. Um, take me through how it became like you know, you became this this persona in in the scene and in the music scene and everything. How big you guys got. And then the fall from grace and, and everything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. That's um, a lot. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. But yeah, it's, um, I mean, first of all, I guess, you know, I uh, I started out just, just wanting to sing. And uh, playing in the band was always like literally my just my favorite thing you know what i mean like it was just my life um completely my passion and all that um you know i was just really naive and i was just like waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder and be like dude this is all like you need to go you do not belong (laughs) here like you're not tricking anybody you know i was just i was just waiting for someone to like find me out you know like like shit, when are these guys gonna know that like we don't actually know what we're doing? Um, <laughs> but that's what everyone says, you know. That's what everyone know, no right? knows what For they're sure. doing. And so, you know, things just kind of kept happening, and like I, I've always been a really competitive person, you know. Like I love sports, I love all that kind of stuff. So I'm always trying to like push myself to get better, you know. Um, I'm always trying to like find new ways to like quote unquote win or, you know, all, all that. And winning is like, it, that doesn't just mean like be successful, famous, blah, blah, blah. That means like, uh, just achieve your goals, you know, and, and you have to, you have to make kind of a, uh, evolutions in yourself in order to reach them. And I guess I would just like study and adapt. And I yeah. just, I don't know. We, we all just kind of worked, you know, worked our ass off, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of, you, you guys were, were before us, um, but not long, you know what I mean? Like, no, we like had, we had a couple right years on maybe. Yeah. So, you know, like we would always see, um, you know, the shows you would play or the, you know, just, yeah, the whole, the whole thing, um, the whole scene, the message boards, the, all that stuff and just, yeah, so we would just grind and and we booked um we met this dude from Ann Arbor who was a college student and he was like uh let's uh and this is this is before 2005. This is like when we were still local. Yeah. And he was like let's just put you guys out on the road. So him and I just put in the work and booked like seven DIY full US tours um by ourselves and we just put in work every day and made sure that every Every person at that show would come back and tell their friends um, next time we came around, you know? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny how now you're kind of doing the same thing. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you go I from, feel like that's the best method. <laughs> it's like you started out and you knew you you knew more what you were doing back then, you know, and then everything gets out of your hands, you know, you start having agents and managers and and everything, you know, start doing all the work and you don't even know it's which way is up anymore. And now it's like you're relearning how the music industry works. That stuff is uh is, is that accurate would you say? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think we all are as like it, it progresses, you know, and um, as technology advances and, and just the culture, um, you know, as as it all kind of evolves. So, yeah, I, I personally like that method. I yeah. think like uh, it's important for artists to, to stay humble and connected with the, with with, um, you know, everybody. And and it's important to put in that work. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, w- Within reason, like if it's too much work, um, I understand that balance is super necessary to stay like mentally and kind of physically even uh, healthy, you know, yeah, to man. exist. Be really important. That's like the number one thing I tell bands because I produce so much now. Yeah. And they always ask for advice and I'm, I just tell them you have to just work like just 10 times harder than, than everybody else, you know, it's like true. it's true. Well, back to Chodos. I mean, you guys got this level of success. Um, I'm not going to say quickly. I mean, you guys put in the time, definitely paid your dues, but then it seemed like, you know, when your first record came out, it was selling a boatload of copies every week. You guys were on tours where opening for bands and everyone's leaving after you play, you start getting this level of success. Um, how, you know, being a bunch of kids from, from Flint, Michigan, um, Davis in Michigan, wherever the hell that is, I think it's near Flint, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I live like right, like I grew up like right on the the border of Flint and Davis. Okay, yeah. So, um, I should know my Michigan geography really should be better than that. But uh, uh, it's all good. It's northern <laughs> Michigan. It's like it's it's like an hour north of I think where you'd be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the yeah, because I used to live in Detroit, basically. So, um, for people that don't know, I remember. <laughs> you you get the success, and you're these kids from from Flint, Michigan that that you feel like you've pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and convinced them. How was handling the success? Um, because I know in a lot of ways, Chiodos became a bit of a party band. Um, you know, and I think that that part of like the, your personalities is what led you guys to uh, have problems and is what led you to, you know, not be in the band anymore. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's interesting to hear that perspective. Like it's it's interesting because I definitely never like considered us a party band. Um, at least myself included in that um, because I've always had really bad like I guess I guess so I guess I'll walk you through it. Basically, um, if you met me pre two thousand five, then you would have met like probably like the sweetest like you know kid with with the most innocent eyes just really working hard so excited Mm -hmm. when we started getting bigger i started feeling a lot more pressure from my peers specifically um that really kind of broke my spirit down and kind of hurt my confidence um right but the fans would kind of make up for it and then i was kind of broken just continuing to go down this you know uh this thing and i, I kind of became um you know for lack of a better word I, I became pretty reclusive uh like i wouldn't really hang out i would just hide on the tour bus 
I just had really bad social anxiety. Um, and I was just, you know, pretty much just, uh, afraid of everybody all the time. Um, and then when I'd walk out, you know, I tried to overcompensate by like holding my head up high and being like coming across really confident. Yeah. Um, I think, and then anybody that talked to me noticed both sides of that probably. Um, but it was hard, you know, it was really hard. Um, whereas the guys kind of like went down the path of like drinking and like community and crazy stuff. I kind of went down like the take pills, hide from people, watch movies and only talk to like, you know, people in like kind of one-on-one, two-on-two situations. Right. Like that's, that's kind of what my life, you know, became really. Right. And I, I, at that point I'd pretty much detached from my family. Um, I pretty much detached. I mean, I had so many friends, but it, it wasn't like, I, I had a lot of great friends pretty much all consistently throughout it, but I guess I wasn't really a good friend. You know what I mean? During that time, because I was just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to like describe what it was. It was just a whole, it's something that happens. I think in your twenties, you become like super selfish, right? Like it's all about you. You kind of cut your family out. You kind of start putting your dreams and all that stuff first mm-hmm. and you kind of lose yourself along the way. And then at one point you're like, Oh shit, what am I doing? And you come back right. that it was like that, but just amplified a ton, you know? So you're, so yeah. So you're, you know, you're, um, good separating yourself from the band did, did that did that become i guess that became a problem where the other guys in the band are kind of all hanging out together and you're not around and was that separation sort of what led to um you know you i don't even know what happened did you leave the band did they did they kick you out of the band i don't remember what happened yeah i got kicked out and yeah that's totally what happened like it was because when there's separation in a band like you know this when like i'm sure you've seen it with bands something so when you separate yourself like that, um, you know, it, uh, it really makes it so every time, like I, you're, you're in the room, you can feel this like tension. Right. And since I was kind of handling so much of the business and all that, it kind of comes across in this natural, like leadership thing, you know, like that's just a role that like, I don't know, like, it wasn't like I was like leading them anywhere, but I kind of was in that role, you know? Um, like, it's not like I would be like making all the decisions or anything by any means, but, um, I'd kind of be the, you know, the one to communicate with everybody, like the managers and labels and stuff. And, um, so that create, that combined with the separation creates these like really tense, like dad vibes. (laughs) Like when you're in the room, like, like, oh shit, Craig's here. We kind of can't like be ourselves. You know what I right. mean? We can't, we can't uh, do that. And the combination of that and, uh, you know, just any sort of separation creates room for conflict. Uh, you know, it creates uh, miscommunication. It creates um, a lack of communication. And um, it's not like, but it's not like um, we ever had time to process anything that was going on, you know, like that's like the number one thing I think like that could have saved us was like, had we have someone to be like, you guys have to take like two months off and like, just try and be normal for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, stop the machine, get off and like, just process that way we could have like realized who we became. 
but when it just goes so quick, uh, yeah. you know, you, you kind of get, you get lost along with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, um, you get kicked out of your own band, um, <laughs> they get a different singer. What did that feel like? Uh, it always fascinates me. Like, to see a different guy singing your songs. Like, how weird is that? Like, I don't know what, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I try to, I try to be careful with how I speak about it. I've always tried to be careful because I respect and love the hell out of the guys in Chiodos. You know, like, yeah, we're brothers. That's never going to change. You know, like, I'm sure you've had member changes, you know, like, whenever you're, Apart from them, it's like it's 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 weird at first or whatever, but you will always have this deep love, you know. Yeah. Um, and the Chiodos guys, I literally went to like middle school with them. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll always have love. So I always try and like be careful. I wasn't really around during the time that they made that side. I know it was hard on them. Um, you know, I think that the re the one of the main things kind of carried over was. You know, I think it made, at least from my perspective, it made them a bit more jaded towards music in general. I don't know if they were ever able to recover even during Devil. Right. Um, you know, because they went, because the backlash was so bad, you know, because people didn't, you know, respond well. Right. So, but yeah, I was, I was out and it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. I was super bummed, um, devastated when it first happened. Tried to pick myself up, probably didn't really actually get over it for, I don't know, like a year and a half, maybe. Um, stuff like that takes time, you know? Of course. And I know that people, like, with the public perception or whatever, they want you to, like, pick it up, dust it off, start a new band the next day and, and all did. as well. But, like, that's, that's, yeah, I know, but <laughs> that wasn't even, like, my idea to do it, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it just, yeah. It's it's just not that easy to no, do, you no, know. It's not, and and especially like, uh, I love that thing. How people expect you to be this confident lead singer. I'm Craig Owens, whatever. You exactly, dust it off. Hey, I'm in a new super group now. You know, we're a super <laughs> group, which is like even better than my old band that I've worked my whole life. You know, building um, that I'm not in anymore. You know, and still exists. Like that must have been so difficult for you and. Uh, I guess let's talk about drugs while we're on the subject. I mean, um, had some pretty big success for a while. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, drugs like was was quick, and it was it was yeah, it was it did well. You know, it did really well for yeah. a minute. Um, and I think that it was a lot of fun. Um, I basically had gotten everything I asked for, you know, when it came down to it with the separation and the guys in Chiodos, I kind of felt like I was doing a lot in Chiodos and I'd always wanted, you know, when, when you're in it, you're like, I, you know, can't you guys just like help with this? Like, can't you just handle like this or that, or just one thing, you know what I mean? And it became really appealing to me, uh, to have the opportunity to, to, to surround myself with like, kind of a bunch of me's, you right, know, like a right, bunch yeah. of like leaders. I, uh, and, oh man, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. <laughs> Too many cooks in the kitchen. That's like, you know, yeah, I, I totally it's get it. It's all good until, until it's not all good. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's like you're playing like a gang, 
a game of like King of the Hill very consistently <laughs> and like you're up there for a while and you hold your ground but the moment you like don't pay attention or the moment you start getting tired like someone will be like right there you know what I, I mean watching right so it was it was all it was always um kind of intense you know it was also hard for me in drugs because it was nothing like it couldn't have been more opposite of Chiodos. Um, none of us grew up together. We were all previously successful. Um, Nick was really my only, you know, the person that I actually knew well yeah. previous to the yeah. band. Um, so that's a lot different than your uh, middle school friends. I know. Um, I know. And uh, yeah, surrounding, surrounded by man just hollywood and all these things signed to to a major label um and it was hard because i'd signed with warner brothers but i hadn't put the band together yet so i was the only one signed and i constantly felt guilty about not having the other guys signed but Uh. it wasn't like a so they had signed a contract with me because that's how management wanted it. Right. Um, right. so the whole thing, like just from the get go, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know how long, you know, how it lasts as long as it did really crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I, I mean, I, I was expecting a second drugs record. I was expecting, you know, it to be, uh, special because I mean, and I expected you guys to 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 get along better, I guess, because I know all the everyone in the band, and I'm friends with everybody in the band, you know. And I was like, everyone's I, you a know, good dude. I literally thought the same thing. I literally thought the same thing. Like when the Chioto stuff came up, I like we were straight just gonna do shows, and then there had been talks of a record, like talks of just making music, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, everybody's seen it now. How many times has it happened in our scene? Like. You just can't, you know, you can't be in however many bands at once. And I, I really wasn't thinking like that. Um, the Chiodos guys were kind of coming from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, uh, yeah, I don't know the, the whole thing, um, is kind of crazy. It, it fell apart, um, when we got dropped and, then Adam deci- uh, decided he didn't want to really make music anymore. And then it just got a little crazy after that, you know? Um, and we just weren't able to recover. You know, we yeah. we tried and we tried and we tried. And yeah, they're like, everybody in that was in drugs are like the best dudes ever. Yeah. They were the best dudes ever. Like, I wasn't the best dude when I was in the band. I mean, it wasn't like I was like, like an awful shithead or anything. You know what I mean? It's not like I was like doing anything horrible to anybody (laughs) but you know i just wasn't like in the position to lead you know and that's disrespectful well it seems like you've been through the ringer i mean obviously like with your exit from chiodos and then you're thrown to this band and there's a lot of expectations yeah Um, i don't know man it's it's weird like you know you talk about you being the the heel uh you've brought it up numerous times you said uh, i wasn't a good dude at the time i've heard you know i've heard people shit talk you you know i've i've heard it but I got to say, man, I have never had a bad interaction with you ever. 
in my like ever. Every time I've ever hung out with you, and it's been a lot. We did tours together, warp tour together. I've always thought you were a great dude and a stand up dude. Every every single time. So I I don't I don't know kind of where your reputation stems from. I, I don't I don't see it. Man, that means a lot. Awesome. That's great. You know, like I I feel that way too. Um, I think a lot of it is because I think that I have a polarizing characteristic about my persona, my yeah. personality. And I think that depending on, you know, like even bad channels, like when it first released, all that was, was clickbait combined with my polarizing uh, personality and then the ski mask giving a reason for people, you know, for something to, to say. Um, it's yeah. just, it's, it's a part of, of my personality. And I think, you know, I was talking about it yesterday. I mentor this, this awesome kid, Lonnie from Kentucky. And, um, you know, we were talking about it yesterday that I, I was just telling him that the, the polarizing side of what it is that I do is also what makes it so special, you know? So it's like the, it's kind of like the, you know, the same reason that people love me is the same reason that people hate me, you know? So I'm really, I'm okay with it at this point in my life. Right. For a while, I just like kept looking in like, what is wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, what is wrong with me? Um, and then I, you know, I eventually just grew up um, and, <laughs> and realized that, you know, nothing is wrong with me. You know, I'm a great dude. So, um, but in that's, that's in real life, you know, I used to let it bleed into my real life, but you know, that, that, that kind of persona, I, I think I'm just polarizing. And I think that, you know, it's, it kind of sways, you know, like sometimes I'm the heel, but sometimes I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's literally like how the article is typed up, how, like how the story is like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anybody that I think like my fans, I think my friends, you know, like you, like, like just even like other musicians and stuff. I think they know. I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I've never seen you do anything bad ever, <laughs> like ever. I never heard you say anything bad and I just don't get it. So, you know, yeah. well, Welcome to the club. <laughs> I try to come up with, I'm trying to come up with excuses for it. You know, like, do you hear me over excuses here? Excuses for other people. <laughs> I know. Fuck that. I can say that, right? I can swear on here. You can say anything you want to say. Cool. How do you feel about uh, Trump? Just want to get some swear words uh, out of you. To be honest, <laughs> to be honest, like, I feel like someone came up and like, shook the ground like like we're in a giant snow globe or something like shook us and like i'm just now like kind of getting my balance back like i feel like i feel like i've been in shock for the yeah. and i've been super quiet about it like anytime anybody talks about it because obviously the oversaturation of the media and even social media um and when i when i heard it i mean obviously i felt my heart drop into my but I feel like it stayed there and it's supposed to come back up, you know? So I, I don't, I don't know what's gonna, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I feel like 
everybody is just, you know, and is it December 18th where he inaugurated? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I could be totally wrong on that date. Um, I'm not sure but either. I feel like everybody's just kind of, you know, grinding their teeth until then. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of right there too. Like, I'm just like white knuckle, like holding on, like hoping that something happens. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, you live in a, I, you live in a, pol- you talk about polarizing. You live in a very polarizing state an area of a state too. Man. Uh, well, I guess not Detroit, True. but Flint, you know, is, is probably, I don't know. There's definitely some, um, you know, red people up there. I don't mean native people. Yeah, that sounded crazy. racist. I meant red, like as in Republican people. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't yeah. mean Native no Americans. Thinks, listen, yeah. No one, no one thinks you're racist, Shane. You're all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. I like living out in California and then moving back. Like you, there really is a big jump. Um, sure. You know, when you tour, it kind of all kind of melts together. It's like one night and one night, and it's. Uh, you know, it's not a lot of time, but the, the jump has been kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Why did you move back to Michigan? Uh, my little brother had a kid. Um, so that was really like the main reason. And, uh, I kind of spent, like I said, like my twenties pretty much just like self-driven and passionate. And I, I decided that it's time to be a little more selfless. So, um, I just came back home to connect with my family and that's all I've done in the past. Like, like I feel, I always say that I'm like running for president to tie it in, um, of my family because I'm like putting in work. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean like, like just a ton of family time. So, um, yeah, it was just for family. No marriage or kids for you yet? No, no, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. Um, (laughs) I'm all good. Me neither, man. Me neither. Well, well, here it is. Listen, there's definitely like stuff happening there. Um, but I'm totally trying to keep it out of like anybody like outside of my whatever knowing. Sure. Like I'm just, you know, like at this point, like I didn't sign. I, I know that like sometimes fame is a necessary evil to communicate your message. You know, like I get that, but I never signed up for that. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? No. Like I really never signed up for that. I did it because I wanted to help out my bands. I did it because, you know, there were times where I relished in it. Sure. But now that, you know, I've kind of come out the other side and it kind of comes back in and out and it kind of bobs and weaves out of my life. I try to like keep my personal stuff super personal. And that's, I think a lot of the reason why I kind of disappeared like the last like year and a half, even my social media, you know, like all I do really do is talk about music, talk about being at the studio, um, talk about maybe personal things, uh, or I share pictures of my nephew, but a lot of the time <laughs> I like to keep my personal stuff like, I don't know. I just don't like that energy. Yeah. You know, that same, I don't, I don't want that, that YouTube comment energy to like hit my real life like that. You know what I mean? So I try I and keep it like an arm blank. You're absolutely entitled to your privacy. Um, well, Hey man, thanks. I got to ask you one more thing before I let you go. Uh, how did this Dr. Dre thing happen? With with, <laughs> I don't know if people it's crazy, know, but, right? but but yeah, Craig has a very small part, very small part, but it's still a part on the latest, uh, the final Doctor Doctor Dre record, Compton. So yeah, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, so my good friend John Connor is from Flint. Um, you know, I've kind of we've been supporting each other this boy? For, for. Sorry, I had to make the reference. <laughs> um, so we. Uh, 
we just were have been supporting each other for years, you know. And um, he, I remember uh, when he called me. I think I was on Warp Tour in Chicago, and he's like, "Man, Craig, I'm about to walk into a room with Dr. Dre." Like he, you know, he'd gotten offers from like Nas and and uh, uh, Rockefeller and and uh, Rick Ross and all these people, you know. And we'd just been talking about it because I, you know, I'd been in the music industry for a while, and I was just trying to help out my friend. And um, so he meets with them and it like happens, right? Then I'm in New York, um, upstate New York, recording the last Chiotis record. And I get a phone call from John saying that Dre had heard my voice and they want me to fly out the next day. So then I, I know, right? It's like a, it's like a dream kind of scenario. So I obviously say yes, go out to California. Um, and we start writing music together, uh, me, John, Exhibit, and Dre, um, all in the same room, writing on on these songs. Um, and then we recorded until like 7 a.m. I had an 8.30 flight back to New York. Um, and on the way out, you know, Dre uh, shook my hand and was like, man, you're, you're really talented. I'd love to continue working with you. Um, and that's been the case, you know? So whenever they would have sessions, they would just call me in and I'd work with John. I work with Dre, um, work with whoever's there, um, just in the camp. How does Dr. Uh, Dre work? Like, like how does Dr. Dre write a song? I just like wonder, cause like, obviously, you know, we both are from the rock world, you know, originally and like making rock music is a lot different from making hip hop. So I'm just wondering like, how is that, how does that work? How does he make how does he make records and, and write songs? I I think a lot of it he he will so how first it starts with the beat for Dre. Mm-hmm. Um he it's live bass players, it's lot like he'll get these like crazy, crazy talented like people in there and they will just turn it up super loud. Like the loudest sessions I've ever heard or first of all, are with Dre, like every snare, anything, or you're definitely blinking your eyes. It's like, he definitely wow, listens to crazy. it the loudest out of anybody. Um, but when it's beat making time, I mean, that shit is bumping. Like, yeah. you can hear it down the block. Um, and then from there, you know, it's perspective, man. And he's the, I don't know, he's the golden child. He, like, yeah, sure. What he, everything he touches is, is crazy. So, so, okay. I'll, I'll finish up super quick. Um, so we, uh, I got a call like a, a year ago from John. I hadn't, I hadn't heard from them for a couple months. Um, uh, John had gone on like songwriting trips, um, to like Hawaii uh, and places like that. Um, with, with Dre and, um, John hits me up. He's like, Hey man, like, listen, we need to talk. Uh, Dre's doing a record. It's real. This is actually happening. Um, he's he's scrapped. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember what the name of the record was supposed to be. Oh, Detox. He scrapped Detox. Yeah. And man, I feel really disrespectful. It's been crazy like two weeks. Um, so he scrapped Detox and it's almost done. He's putting the final touches on it the next couple days. And we were talking today and he said he wants you to come down. Um, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? So it comes the next day at like 11 o'clock 
you know, I'd already like smoked a bowl and had some tequila, right? I was like ready for bed, like glasses on, like ready yep. for bed. Um, like I'm not singing tonight, right? Like I, I don't drink before I play. I don't smoke before I play nothing, right? Like I take singing very seriously and performing. So then all of a sudden my phone rings, like right as my eyes are like shutting and I pick it up and it's Dre and he's like, Craig, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing, man. I'm just, just kind of hanging out. He's like, we need to get down in the studio. Um, so I literally dropped everything, threw on some clothes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we we uh, recorded that song all night. And yeah, so I did a whole like intro um, for that song that, that didn't um, make it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of know why, and I'm kind of glad he didn't, because every time I've written a song with Dre, he makes me sing gunshots, <laughs> and I don't think it's ever sounded like as tough as it should. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, blah, 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 like straight up. I'm not even kidding. Um, so, How I'm many guns have you fired that, in your yeah. life, Craig? Oh, man, like, I think, like, one. I'm not, like, the biggest <laughs> gun advocate, really. <laughs> what did you think? I sold them all? Yeah. Oh man. That's that's great though. That's uh that's a such a cool experience and I mean geez, like as as a producer now, it must be pretty pretty cool to have have him in your in your contacts, you know? Man, it's crazy just to I all like anytime I was around Dre, I just shut up and I just listened. Yeah. And I just yeah. tried to soak in every little thing that I possibly could. Um probably too much to where I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have, but the combination of shock and and curiosity was, you know, enough for me. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Hey, well, well, it's uh, it's really great to have you, man, and and catch up, and uh, yeah, man. I, I'm only, you know, I'm only like four hours away. If I'm in town, I, let's grab a drink. Man, like I'm telling you, let's hang, let's hang. I wanted to hang last time, but I think I don't think we were able to. But let's definitely let's make plans. Absolutely. Meet up. Absolutely, man. No, thanks for doing this and all the best with Bad Channels. Hopefully, uh, yeah, send me that B stuff too. I want to hear that. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Dude, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Shane. Yeah, man. Take care. There it is. Always great talking with Craig. Such a great dude. I love talking about Michigan football. I love talking about music. I love talking about everything he's up to. The Dr. Dre story is incredible. So awesome talking to him and I really wish him luck with bad channels. It's really cool that he's putting himself out there. It really, some people think it's going to be selling out and it really, it, it is the opposite. It would be so easy for him to just start another heavy band, but he didn't do it. He went on his own and he did what he wanted to do and he's following his heart. So here it is. Bad channels on lead singer syndrome. We'll see you next week. Peace and love. Go play high in the
Two fingers say it, boy.